while the market's getting hit, there are stocks in there that refuse to fall. And one of the best things to do when the market pulls back is to find the stocks that don't pull back and, and, in fact, that go up. And then wait for the market to dip. And then once the market dips, get ready. All you've got to do is just have a plan and then trade the plan. You're listening to Last Week in the Market, the podcast for self-guided independent traders. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I am Sean Vincent. I am the voice of Last Week in the Market. We'll be joined soon by Adam Sarhan. He is the brains behind Last Week in the Market. Adam's a Forbes contributor. He's the author of the book, Psychological Analysis. He is the founder of the Amped Trading Strategy. That's A-M-P-D. And he is the curator of the FindLeadingStocks.com newsletter. So happy new year, everybody. How you feeling? Did you get kicked in the pants a little bit this week with uh, market action? We had uh, the first down week after nine weeks of a rally. Uh, maybe you're feeling a little sore. Maybe you stopped out of some of your positions. It's a week like this that the risk management aspect of AMPT comes into full effect. Hopefully it means that you're left in a position uh, some strength with some cash that you can put into new ideas. And we'll talk about some new ideas on today's podcast. But before we get to all of that, remember that in the market, the past does not predict the future. No results are typical and there is inherent risk when trading in the market. This podcast is for educational purposes and does not constitute financial advice. It's January 5th, 2024, and here's what happened last week in the market. So the last couple trading days of 2023 were down days. It was an indication that the new year might start off with some heavy selling, and that's just what happened. By the close on Friday, the QQQ managed to get its head above water for the day, but overall it had its first down week in nine weeks. Adam will explain what that means for amped traders. So the first... if four months of this podcast we saw a couple rally attempts but it was kind of just holding tight watching while the market was on a downtrend now we had nine weeks in a row of of up and then now this first week of 2024 a little some kicks in the pants and somehow it's like oh i thought i got used to winning all the time now i have to endure a little uh a little downtrend you know, Sean, one of the beauties of this business is that there's only three things a stock can do after you buy it. It can go up, it can go down, or it can go sideways. Now, that being said, there's a lot to unpack there because it may sound, sound simple, right. but in practice, it's not that simple. So it's just like calories in versus calories. Anyone in the world wants to lose weight, it's calories in versus calories out. Simple, but most people are overweight. Why? Because it's not easy. So in the market, that up, down, sideways you know, scenario, it lasts different durations, different sizes, different right. lengths, different time frames. You could have a pullback that's 2% off of a high, and then it just hits new all-time highs again. Or you can have a pullback that's down 20% or correction or bear market or whatever word you want to use. So the, the pullbacks, the come in different sizes and scopes, meaning size is a percent decline mm -hmm. and then scope is a of that pullback. 
So years ago, I was interviewed on Liz Clayman's Fox Business Show, and she asked me a great question. She shows my process. So she goes, Adam, you don't buy the dip. What do you do? And I, she was the layup. But the question, you know, the answer was real simple, is I buy the bounce after the dip. So right now, you know, people listening to the podcast know for the last several weeks, I've been urging caution. People listening to findleadingstocks.com know, hey, the market's very extended over the last several weeks and, and just pounded that message home because I knew it was a matter of time matter of when not if the market's going to pull back so now we've got the dip i'm not in there buying right now because there's no way to know for sure how long this dip is going to last or how deep the dip is going to be but you don't have to all you've got to do is just be patient and then be ready because most dips are temporary in nature mm -hmm. whether they're six weeks two weeks two hours no one knows but they don't lead to new you know big crashes or new bear markets most of the time some do but most don't so what I do is I wait and then I buy the bounce after the dip. So I find the areas of support that you know you'd expect, the 50-day moving average, move prior chart highs, what have you, and then wait for the market to dip. And then once the market dips, get ready because the watch list this weekend and the Find Leading Stocks weekend report, it's pretty nice with a lot of good ideas. So those are my thoughts with respect to the, the dip and not to buy the dip, but buy the bounce after Yeah, the dip. I'll tell you one thing is, Following the AMP trading system, uh, you know, I was in mostly had all my capital in the portfolio in on positions. There were some, you, you say the stocks can go up, they can go down, they can go sideways. There were some I got into yeah. that were going sideways. They, they weren't, they weren't yeah. losers, but they weren't winners. And I had thought right. about getting rid of those. But then as that rally went on, I was anticipating a pullback instead of getting rid of them right off because I didn't have anything else particular that I felt excited about. I just pulled the stops way up so that when things Got reversed, uh, those were the first ones to pop out. And I guess what I'm leading to is this uh, downturn we saw this week shook out all the weak positions and the good ones stuck around. And mm -hmm. they found some support, and I, I feel like they're going to go back up. Uh, and I, I got to tell you what, from a defense first perspective, right, the D and AMP stands for defense first. Yep. As yep. I was seeing things go down, and you never know how far it's going to go, right, until you see right. it bounce, like you say. Um, right. right. I knew that my stops were in, and I had already – brought my stops up high enough to where if it went down and all my stops triggered I would have been a little bit above break even so so the the risk uh, the worst case scenario for me was acceptable <laughs> and and, it, and it's go. a lot easier to watch the market kind of go on that roller coaster down when you know that you have protective stops in and you manage that risk already yeah, you know, Sean, that's a really good point. So when you look at Darwinism, or you look at the you know survival of the fittest, or so on and so forth, some kind of the same thing when it comes to the market and comes to actively trading it, because not every stock is going to be held forever. Even an Apple, which is one of the biggest market caps in the world right now, uh, the stock's getting crushed, meaning on a relative basis, crushed is all mm -hmm. relative. Went from one ninety nine to one eighty, so I guess crushed might be an exaggeration, but from a technical standpoint. It's erased all the gains going back to early November. The stock is literally in the same spot it's been in since, I don't know what we want to say, 2021. 
and it hasn't made any progress and you broke below the 21 day and you broke below the 50 day moving average and now you're sitting on the 200 day about to break that so that's what i mean by getting crushed where you had a lot of damage show up in a very short amount of time hence your beautiful reference by the way earlier in our conversation of getting kicked in the pants that's exactly how it feels where it's like okay you spend all this time trying to make all this you know this progress and then poof it could disappear in a very short amount of time and you know David Tepper, he's a famous billionaire in the market. He calls them trading windows, mm -hmm. where throughout the year you get a few trading windows that open, where the environment's very conducive to buying stocks, and just about everything works. And then you get some really, you know, the window closes, and then just about all the gains, and then some go away. So protecting your gains is important. Protecting your capital is extremely important, and understanding to be in harmony with the market or harm money with the market is really important as well because you know my whole process sean comes from years and years and years and years and years and years and years decades i've been doing this since the 90s of having this happen to me over and over and over again so okay you got to plan ahead and i noticed that in life not just in the stock market but in other areas of my of life the winners win because they're prepared you know ben franklin had a great line he goes either you're preparing to win or you're preparing to by not preparing you're preparing to fail right right or failing to prepare you're preparing you know you're preparing to fail so it's either you prepare to win i simplify what he said and just keep it real simple you're either preparing to win or you're preparing to fail that's simple and by not preparing to win hence you're preparing right. to fail so in the market everything i do is on the weekend when the markets are closed or on fridays before the close and say okay here's my week ahead here are my big picture, here are my best ideas, here are my setups, here are my entry points, mm -hmm. and here are my leaders, here's what I'm watching. And then during the week, I'll update them, like I did earlier this past week, saying, hey, there's some, something's jumping out at me. We saw some money move into some biotech stocks and some healthcare stocks, and you know we spoke about that Amgen, for example, AMGN, or Teva, T-E-V-A, and Eli Lilly, LLY, or NVO, had some good money rotate into those areas earlier this week. I noted it in real time in one of the morning you know, pre-market reports. But the idea is that it's all planned ahead before the market even yeah. opens. So why? So you're not playing Monday morning quarterback and scrambling, making emotional decisions, looking at the quote board, stocks going up and down like a casino where the ding, 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 and the dopamine's firing off and every other serotonin, every other chemical in your brain, and you become like this, you know, manic kind of person not knowing what to do because there's no plan. So even with the high-level coaching stuff that we do, and if anyone's interested, feel free to email in findleadingstocks.com. All you've got to do is just have a plan and then trade the plan. That's so powerful. Just like calories in, calories out, same thing here. It's create that plan like you did, and you're seeing it now with your hook. Right, like yeah, you said, I'm, I'm you know, on board. Well, it, there, there was a lot of confidence in having that plan because I knew over the weekend uh, basically like a storm was coming. Like we had a bad day on Friday, and uh, yes. if I remember, it ended lower than it started. So I said, "Okay, the selling started. I'm not going to be surprised at all if next week we have several days of selling going on." So I, I felt like a storm was coming, and you go out and you get the lawn furniture secured, you, you batten everything down, right, to have it to yeah. where. You, yeah. And then I knew, like, okay, uh, I'm prepared for it to go down this much. Here's where I'll be if that happens. Um, and then the storm came. It wasn't a surprise. And I watched it. I think it was Monday or by Tuesday. You know, four positions had stopped out. Two for a profit. Two for a little loss. They kind of washed each other out. Uh, but I had this weird sensation of now the ones that survived, uh, I felt, you know, were stronger positions. And 
Yeah. And, and I knew I was going to see where the week ended and then make another set of decisions based on that. That's that's a Darwinism where it's like the strong survive. The ones that are able to adapt the most survive. However you want to word it, it doesn't matter to me. But in the portfolio, you can have a lot of positions that just don't, they don't, they can't stand up against a storm. Mm -hmm. The storm comes, you know, we both live in Florida, so we've been through our fair share of hurricanes. The storm comes and it knocks some things down. Some trees fall, some buildings yeah. fall, but there's things that stand and the ones that stand are the strong. And the same thing in the portfolio, there's gonna be a heavy wind. It might blow some of the stocks out of the portfolio and that's okay if you're actively on top of it and, and have those stops in before the week even starts. And by the way, one, I don't know if we spoke about it here in the podcast, but you and I definitely spoke about this, the concept of portfolio heat. Yes. You know, if the drawdowns are too big, you're going to have it's going the portfolio is going to be too hot for you to handle, so to speak. And then you're going to have a situation where, uh oh, you're now in trouble because you're going to react it react on an emotional basis mm -hmm. and not you'll be reactive, not yeah, proactive. Yeah, and and portfolio heat be. refers to the the percentage of your portfolio that is actually at risk. And with AMPT, the, the risk management's in putting in those trailing protective stops. Right when you buy into a position, uh, often it's five to seven percent below your buying positions where you put your your stop, and that's and, yes. and you're never going to risk more than one percent of your entire portfolio on one idea. And five percent, if you put ten percent of your money in your portfolio in one idea, and you put your stop five percent below the entry point, you're risking half a percent at that point. And then okay. if you move your trailing stops up as your winners win then you can actually yes. get yourself into a position where the average of all your protective stops is actually above break even where you, you bought in which is Correct. thanks to a lot of uh, the the amp strategy that's where i was going into this week you know which is a, a place yeah. of real confidence yeah. to be and then guess what else happens adam so now the weak positions got stopped out and now there's this uh, that gets all converted to cash so now there's this pool of cash that's ready Correct. for the new ideas that come out. And in and, and yes. the last little bit of time that we spend together today, I kind of want to talk to you about that because uh, your uh, fine leading stocks weekend report is out. You have a nice video for your subscribers. And the main theme there is basically uh, buy the bounce after the dip. You talked about that a little bit yes. at the beginning of this podcast. And now is time for really managing your watch list. Look for your ideas, look for your breakouts, look for the stocks that survived this drawdown well, that, that really didn't give up a lot, and uh, be ready to buy when you feel like the opportunity is right. But the work right now is managing that watch list, right? The, you, know, you told your subscribers, fund leading stocks, that you're looking for new breakouts, you're looking for stocks that didn't lose ground during this drawdown? Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. So one of the best things to do, that, that's where I was going to yeah, go. Great. Very well said, Sean. So thank you for that. So one of the best things to do when the market pulls back, it's to find the stocks that don't pull back and, and in fact, that go up. So an example of that, and again, this is just one of the stocks that showed up in the weekend report, if anybody wants to follow along. They can type in BLX, B as in boy, L as in Larry, X as in X-ray. It's Banco Latin America. Mm -hmm. It's not, I have no position here, so just full disclosure. But it's a thinner trader, average volumes about 100,000 shares. I typically like a million or more or half a million or more. But 
it's a stock that literally is breaking out to a new 52-week high right now. In fact, it's actually um, to a new multi-year high, but it's breaking out today as the market's going. Now the market's down as of this recording, mm -hmm. but it's breaking out on a week, this week, let's just say for the week, the market's down this week and this stock is not only up for the week, it's actually breaking out. Yeah. That to me is a sign of leadership. So when you have stocks that A, don't go down or don't go down as much as the market, that tells you they're leading. That tells you the institutional sponsorship. There's, that tells you that the big institutions are in there buying. Now, when you have stocks that not only not go down, but you have other ones that either go sideways, dead tight, like here's another one, DXCM. This is D as in David, X as in X-Ray, C as in Charlie, M as in Mary. This one's forming a nice cup and handle pattern. It's liquid, has 4 million average daily volume shares traded on every day. But you're sitting forming a real nice cup and handle. And this handle right now is near 126.37 is the high of the handle. A breakout above that would be real bullish. So while the market's getting hit, there are stocks in there that refuse to fall. And by the way, Sean, when you look at DXEM, look at the volume dry up right now there's virtually no volume in this set in this handle which is very bullish that tells you the big investors the big institutions are not aggressively selling the stock mm -hmm. well oh okay if they're not selling it what yeah. are they doing and it's they're just part money and it's in mostly respecting the 21 day moving average and so it has it has yeah, clear support cool. that is in action you know one thing i noticed on some of my winners that survived this week is that that yes. they fell a little bit below the 21 day moving average, but they found support uh, around the spot in uh, November where we had our sideways consolidation. And, and they, yeah. they seem to be moving up from there. Tell me about this as a, how this works into the AMP strategy. Uh, those winners that I like, they're a little bit, they're kind of discounted now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a position in there where there's already a profit baked in, and they've, yeah. they, but they gave up maybe five percent of what they'd done over the last two months. Uh, what's the wisdom of saying, "Hey, while well, these are down, but respecting support, I go ahead and you know pyramid like you said a couple of weeks ago, get another position in on top of that, and uh, put more into the winners I like." Yeah, that's really a good point. So leaders in my world, the fine leading stocks, the leading stocks are the ones that are up the most on any given time frame, right? For the year, for the month, whatever the case is. New year, I have a brand new list of leaders now that are up this year. Okay, so a stock like Meli, M-E-L-I, again, I have no position in it, but it's a good leading stock, has liquidity, has earnings growth, so on and so forth, and it's showed up in our reports many times, mm -hmm. is a good example. Had a very big run. It's an $1,100 stock back in November, actually back in October, and it rallied all the way up to 1660. Okay, now it's pulling back to 1532. It's pulling back into its 50-day moving average, and it's setting up real nice. And by the way, again, volume drying up. That's right. one. Two, um, when you see stocks that have big moves up, they're often followed by big moves down. So again, as long as the stairs up are bigger than the elevator down, over time you'll do very well. But you have to understand these leading stocks are high beta. They're they're that's fancy Wall Street jargon for they're gonna move a lot. So Intercontinental IHG, another stock that showed up in our reports in the high seventies, it's now a ninety dollar stock, had a really good breakout from a nice cup and a really good cup and handle pattern back in November. 
And then it rallied from, I don't know, what was it, $80 all the way up to 91, mm-hmm. 63, sat tight for the last three or four weeks now. The 21-day moving average is catching up to it. And you now have a situation where it's setting up in a bullish, you know, four-week, three-week tight pattern. And a breakout above 91, 63 is going to be real bullish. So, and volume dried up there as well. So a lot of times, Sean, you're going to see these stocks either go dead tight right. after a big move up. This thing was 70 back in October. So it's now at 90. That's a big move on a percent basis from 70 to 90. And then it either sits tight and then sets a stage for another move up, or it pulls back like some of the other ones we discussed, and then they offer secondary buy points. And that those become very- So that's what we're talking about is secondary buy points. You know, it, it had a pause, yeah. it had a small consolidation, but respected some, some high level of support. And if you like that position, you can put a little bit more money into it say you know take a new position in it and ride it up again i like it Correct. just just uh, almost as if it's a branch yeah sorry go ahead and just anecdotally uh there's something happening in hospitality i feel right now i, I know the, the amusement parks had a great season an almost unexpectedly great season um and i'm seeing a lot of the equities in that entertainment and leisure space seem to be operating to their own rhythm outside of the yes. outside of the cues, which is tech heavy that we've been watching as our leading index. Yeah, it's a great observation, Sean. So as you can look around, look at Royal Caribbean, CCL, it's a leisure stock. RCL is, uh, sorry, that was Carnival. Royal Caribbean's RCL, Carnival CCL. Mm-hmm. You've got earnings growth. You've got years of being decimated because of COVID, but now they bounce back and they came roaring back really strong. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a lot of uh, hotel stocks, like you said, look at Marriott, MAR, had a huge move over the last several months. You've got Hilton Hotels, ticker symbol H, or Hyatt, excuse me, Hyatt Hotels that are having had a really good move. Hilton, HLT, really good move as well. And this uh, Intercontinental, another just another one. I can go on and on, but yeah, a very good, very astute and very good observation. In fact, Sean, maybe, maybe in 2024, we're going to have a fan favorite and have Sean take over this podcast and I'll be the special guest every once in a while. <laughs> and you could do it more frequently because You've got your uh, portfolio up. You're making money. You follow the AMP system. You help write the book. You're more than qualified. So I definitely uh, would encourage that if you have interest. Yeah, nice of you to say. Let me ask. Uh, well, let's wrap up with this final thought. The M in AMP is for market conditions. And uh, you showed in your fine leading stocks newsletter uh, the dollars going back up again, the, the treasury yields going back up a little again that puts a little pressure on the market. I think that this big rally we saw was fueled a lot by the Fed signaling that they're ready to start bringing interest rates back down. I personally believe that the market got a little overexcited about that and it got priced in a way that the market feels like interest rates are going to go down more and faster than they actually are. The Fed's put out some little smoke signals like we talked about like the pope that hold on like it's going to go down but don't get ahead of yourself here and so based compared to where we were 45 days ago market conditions there's a little bit more headwind uh than we had back then would you agree with that yes i i I even noted that i think it was last week or the week before where i said curb curb enthusiasm i think the market got ahead of itself and it's expecting the Fed to get a lot more aggressive than it 
actually will be. Maybe it was this past week. I can't remember when I said yeah, it. But yeah, yeah. I'm put definitely. It in your yeah, I'm definitely the mindset that the market's overpriced. You know, almost the skis are over the head kind of a thing, where it's just way too far. It's too aggressive. The, I don't think the Fed's going to cut four or five times this year, even three to five times. Mm-hmm. Maybe it will. Who knows? But look at the jobs report today came in stronger than expected. The economy's humming. Like you mentioned, the parks. My daughter's birthday was just recently. We took her to Disney, and it was just packed wall to wall. And same with Universal. When we go there, it's packed. It, it just you know you want to get a reservation somewhere packed. That doesn't happen during weak times where the Fed's aggressively cutting. The Fed's going to cut rates when the economy gets weak, when people lose their jobs. Home prices, if you're trying to buy a house anywhere, home prices are crazy expensive or crazy high. They haven't even come down at all. And that's one of the big things the Fed's looking at, food and energy, sure. But they're also looking at, at real estate because people need to live. And the average person on the average income can't afford to live comfortably, even forget buying a new home. Just live, right. period. So there's people out there that are still struggling, but if they have jobs, hey, they're making those mortgage payments. Those jobs go away, things can change and change real fast. But for now, until we see any data suggest otherwise, this economy is extremely strong. All right, everybody, that's the podcast for today. Thanks for listening through to the end. I want to spend a little time this weekend coming through my watch lists, looking for my favorites, looking for opportunities to embrace on the other side of this downturn hopefully that's next week we'll see you at the end of next week for another episode until then as adam always says keep your losses small and let your winners fly stocks going up and down like a casino where the ding 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 